on a frigid November night, a bloodied woman stumbles through the darkness. Her husband lies dying from a madman's hatchet blows. When captured, the cold-eyed killer utters a chilling hex on all those involved in his looming execution. You will die before me, he curses, as one by one, mysterious and macabre deaths strike down those tied to his case. This is the ominous and bizarre true story of Jake Bird and the deadly hex he cast on his accusers. What is up, everybody? What is up, everybody? This is a crazy one, man. Well, hang on. Before we get into it, we've got some new joiners. We do. We have Jacob. What's up, Jacob? What's up, Jacob? People still watch this shit? Yeah, Jacob is new. He joined this week as a Taco Supremo. So thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Also, welcome back to Megatron. Yay, Uh, officially back. We rejoined as a Taco Supremo. Um, so if y'all do not already know, you can support us at www.patreon.com slash talk murder on our Patreon. You can join as either a t- small taco for $3 a month, um, or you can join as a taco supremo for $10 a month. If you join as a taco supremo, you get live access to us when we record these episodes and when John and Nicole record headlines during the week. Sadly, I am not there. So, um, because I do not live here anymore. Anyway, yeah, and we are keeping our Patreon. We're not, um, we're not getting rid of it and going to Wondery Plus because we're sellouts. And I just want y'all to know that. So I'm, you know. But if you join as a Taco Supremo, like I said, you get live access to these streams whenever, whenever we put something out live for y'all. Um, you also get access to the Discord at whichever level you prefer. If you join as a Taco Supremo, you get a, a surprise shot dedication. You get shouted out. You also um, get a package from us with a true crime psycho killer magazine. We have quite a few of those left. And if you join for the full year, you get a signed John uh, uh, Lieutenant Kenda signed photo. We have a couple of those left. Well, we have three left. So they're, that's that's it, right? Yep. I mean, so like two are gone now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's only one more left. Yes. So... So thank you. Oh, Jacob, he's on here. Welcome, Jacob. Did you I miss hope your, you? I hope you heard it. Did you yeah. hear your shout out? Um, so, hey, thank you to everyone who is on here. We love interacting with you. And if you want to interact with us, then join on that Supremo level. If you want to just support us, we'll take anything, honestly. Like, we'll take a... We're kind of desperate. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say desperate, but, um, you know, it is what it is. We appreciate you guys no matter what. So thank you guys for um, supporting us through all of this. We literally would not be able to do this without you nor would we want to so that is my plug and with that oh well we we shouted you out jacob well jacob Jacob. shout out shout out welcome jacob thank you for joining your first live he's from oklahoma oklahoma how annoying is that also you guys just signed gordon hayward so you have a new shooter on the thunder he doesn't know or care who jordan haywood is gordon hayward whatever Y'all have a great young team over there in OKC. Alrighty. Brandon says, the state that claims it's Southern, but is truly Midwestern. (laughs) This is for Tasha, by the way. This is a special request. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are, because they're a surprise. Cheers, y'all. That was pretty good. That was a Washington apple, I think is what she called it. Something apple. That was good. Let me look. 
Hey, Abby. Washington Apple. It was whiskey, apple pucker, and cranberry juice. Y'all didn't have regular whiskey, so I had to go with the crown caramel apple. It came out good, actually. Yeah, it was good. That was for Tasha? Yes. Thank you, Tasha. Tasha with a W. Tasha with a W. I feel like I should say Tasha. 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 What's up, Christy? What's up, Christy? Hey, Christy. I know. John does not take them very well. I don't understand because it's like that one literally tasted like juice. Yeah, but I could just feel my liver just fucking hating me. I know. It was actually good, but it was mixed with a lot of other things. Yeah. You know what's good? Fireball, man. That shit's good. We can't do that anymore. It like banned in this household after that one. Yeah. All righty then. Jen, you are so lucky that I am not doing one story that would literally make you have the worst weekend ever. Mm. Probably not as bad as the way that the one day series is going to ruin. Did you you see, we covered it in headlines, the case from last week. I did. She was convicted. I did. I was going to share the headlines and i'm like i'm sure they already know yeah chris I just to make sure or, um oh fuck what was her name um grumble grumble crumbly grumble. jennifer crumbly, crumbly. <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles is what i put when i, I was just thinking it. of crumble cookies like uh, jennifer crumbly tonight we're going to omaha let me pull up the google earth omaha nebraska <laughs> Jen, you are on fire, man. Which is the state next to Kansas. I'm looking this up on Google Earth. It's not coming up. It was a subdivision called Crater Lake, but that's not coming up. So I'm looking up the street, Fifth and Locust Street, because I kind of want to see where it's at. You know how I like to do that. Yeah, Google Earth. But that's not coming up either, man. Or is it? Yeah. No, it's Carter Lake. Did I say Crater Lake? Yes. You did say Crater Lake. Maybe that's the reason. One, two, one, order. Oh, here we go. Oh, got it. Boom. All right, here we go. Wow, this is green. Man, I bet you could grow some major pot in here, dude. Is it legal in Nebraska? I don't think so. Probably not. Oh. That's pretty nice. I do know that they have a special deviled eggs restaurant, though, if you like deviled eggs. That's oddly specific. I saw something on Facebook <laughs> about it. And then I asked my friend. Oh. My, yeah, no. that is fucking. <laughs> a and, deviled eggs restaurant. Who's going to go just wow. for fucking deviled eggs, dude? That's fucking, a lot of people like deviled eggs. Those are trending. I don't like it that year. much. They're, they're trending, Jen. They're trending. <laughs> deviled eggs are trending this year. Is this on TikTok? <laughs> it's all over the internet. apparently they're one of the most popular things at parties which wasn't when i was when i was younger i was just like deviled egg like whatever but apparently they're pretty popular (sighs) all right so that's where we're going to tonight like i said this is oldie if you didn't hear me the first time this is part one part two i'm saying that in case you don't want to hear one without the other i know how people like to hear both at the same time but we're going to 1928. Ooh. This is an old store. Okay. This is requested by me. When was the last time we kidding. were in the 20s? I can think of the tomato killer. That was one of our early ones. Oh, yeah. What was the guy's name? I can't tell you that. Also, Murder and Marple. Oh, yeah. What was the family's name? I don't know. It was That was a long time so ago. So, I know him. Yeah, but but I w- I'm the one that drinks the most on this podcast, so clearly I don't remember. We're going to Fifth and Locust Street tonight. It looked nothing like that in 1928. What did it I look bet. like? Was it all trees? There were skyscrapers and stuff in 1928, Jen. Skyscrapers, airports. You, know, you don't have to patronize me. <laughs> you really don't have to patronize me. <laughs> Okay, this is what it looks like now. Okay, but in 1928, I'm probably only a tenth of the houses were there. And the streets were all dirt roads. Because a lot of people even then didn't have cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially not one car per person. Right. You know, 
maybe like one car per household. Yeah. Or one car per Probably like not that, even that. Every five households. November 20th, it is freezing cold outside. Freezing cold in Nebraska. 5.45 a.m. in the morning. A patrolman, a pillbox patrolman, Albert Edwards, he is driving back home. His shift is done. He dropped another deputy off who lives in the same area and now he's driving back home when he sees, and remember this is 5.45 in the morning, a woman clad in a nightgown and a fur coat walking on the street, stumbling. This is a dirt road mm-hmm. and she's a woman and she shouldn't be out that late, mm. you know? Yeah, it's the 20s. She's wearing felt slippers. It is freezing cold. He pulls his car over and remember, there's no houses anywhere. It is literally just her out there alone. No lights, nothing. He pulls over and looks at this woman. This woman has some bandages, some makeshift bandages wrapped around her head, like a towel, some other stuff, a white t-shirt. It looks like she has a huge gash, maybe a broken nose, and it looks like it's right by her eye. Mm. In fact, the eye kind of looks like they might have to remove the eye. That's how how bad it is. So, like I said, this cop, his name was Elbert Edwards. Can you read what he said? As I was driving back 5th and Locust Streets, I saw the woman. She was struggling along the road with bloodstained clothes over her head. She had on a fur coat, shoes, no stockings, and a nightdress. She was evidently suffering from exposure and loss of blood. I stopped and she told me that she had that a man had walked her home and forced her to go with him. Mm. She is stumbling. She has in her hand another white towel. She's waving it. She doesn't even realize this cop is coming towards her. She's that out of it, stumbling around. She's waving this towel, just kind of in a daze. And the cop pulls up and he's like, what is going on? What are you doing? And she says the following. I want to get back to my husband. He's been murdered, she cried. All right. So uh, we're assuming that whoever did this to her is maybe not her husband if she wants to get back to him. Or maybe it was him and she's the murderer. Yeah, maybe. Or did someone attack Someone attacked them both. It's kind of how I'm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, But but maybe she murdered him. She tries to tell police exactly what happened. And her story is going to come out within the next few days. But basically, here's what happened. She is sleeping with her husband. They're newlyweds. They got a new house, a new baby, 16 month old baby who is also in the bed with them sleeping. Co-sleeping. Co-sleeping. Everything's fine. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. And all of a sudden, the lights flick on. Mm, surprise who who be that before she could even scream a man a black man with a hatchet brings this hatchet down on her husband's head who did not even wake up the lights flick on her eyes pop open and all of a sudden there's blood splattering on the walls and on her face and everywhere Three times he hit her husband with a hatchet. Now, the hatchet was actually one that this man found in their basement. And as cops are going to... He didn't come with a weapon? He didn't come with a weapon. Interesting. Cops are going to also see that he came in through the back door, which was left ajar, and the back gate was ajar, too. This is from Miss Stribling. That's 
her name, Miss Stribling. I was awakened about 3 a.m., Miss Stribling said, and found a young mulatto axe in hand, bending over our bed ready to strike. I screamed, but the axe descended and struck Harold on the head before he awakened. So. I hope they didn't harm the baby. The man switched on the lights. The hatchet comes down, hits Mr. Stribling in the face three times. She starts screaming. And she knows what's next. The axe is coming for her. And it does. It comes down, but she turns her head to the right just as the axe is making contact. That's why we had the blood. She turned her head just in time to, quote, receive a glancing blow, what set the blood to flowing. Mm. She started pleading with this guy. What? Please, I don't know who you are. Take anything, please. Just don't. Just go. Just go. She's pleading, crying, begging. She's still on the bed. And she would say the following. The chopper struck Harold again and lifting the axe a third time struck me. I entreated him to desist and he did so. He forced me to sit in the bed and we talked for nearly an hour. What? Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I I do like, you can tell what type of couple this is. They're well-educated couple because of the word she uses. I entreated him to desist. Mm -hmm. This is the couple right here. Oh, (laughs) doggo. That's the couple, the hatchet victims. Mm. So that's kind of weird. They talked for an hour. They just talked for an hour. Well, she must have had a really good visual of the person if they talked for that long. For an hour, yeah, for an hour. Was it really, were the lights off or on? The lights were on, yeah. Okay. In fact, this man or whoever was doing this, this wasn't the first time. And part of his M.O. is he would leave the lights on. Not his M.O. like he did that on purpose. He just wouldn't turn the lights off. Mm, Okay. So and then I found this based on her description of the man. And this is from the Omaha Evening B News, 20th of November, 1928. And you got to keep in mind, this is this is the only thing that matters right now for this town. I, I was reading one paper. All the local businesses shut down and everybody in this town goes on a search to find this, quote, mad chopper. I don't think he exists. So this is the description here. Now, I will say this is 1928. So with these newspapers, you you are going to see the 1920s talk. But anyway, this says. But can we just go back and said that just for a second? I'm sorry. For you to sit and talk with your husband's murderer for an hour? Okay, so number one, I never said he was murdered yet. We don't know if he's going to live or die. Okay, but for you to talk Attacker. to your assailant for an hour, like... And you're not helping or treating your husband. And you're not helping or treating your husband. He's not attacking you. He only attacked your husband. It's like, hey, girl, like, let's chat about life and how everything is so wonderful or well, maybe not so wonderful about? for you because I just attacked your husband with a hatchet. And what about the baby that's sleeping in the bed like like none of this this none of this makes sense i don't think this guy exists either she had someone an affair who was going in and attacking this person or she did it herself i'm sorry that's my prediction right now i don't i I don't think that's i don't think it's real that doesn't make any sense to me that's what she said well it's what she said but i don't think it's true all right here's her description in the newspaper citizens watch for this man be on the lookout for this man 
man was the plea addressed to the entire citizenry of Omaha by Chief of Police Pazanowski. Well-dressed, young, black man, 21 years old, 5 feet 7 inches tall, weight 140 pounds, medium brown skin, wearing dark suit, neatly pressed, good crease and trousers, dark gray cap, dark overcoat, bow tie. Very snappy dresser. Yeah, I know, right? right. Kind of, uh, Kind of weird. This man also, from her description, had a voice well modulated and talks as one who has quite a bit of schooling. So this is a little paper. It says, uh, wife of Stribling, former Fairberry girl. She was a beauty queen. Mrs. Harold Stribling, whose husband probably fatally injured, former Mary Van Ness. The husband is at the hospital now. He's a victim of the, quote, mad chopper, and he may die. Well, excuse me. Let me go back. Let me go back to the scene of the crime here. I mentioned a baby earlier sleeping under the covers, so let's address that. Molly, my 18-month-old daughter, was asleep between my husband and myself. The chopper lifted back the covers and gazed at Molly for several minutes. Miss Stribling says that the man had just hit her, was about to bring the axe down again when she started pleading and begging for her life. Knowing that her baby's right there, she says the following, He had already struck my husband, for I could see blood on him. As I woke up, I don't know whether it was just before that or just then he struck me. The blow slanted from the right forehead across the bridge of the nose and inside the corner of my left eye. It didn't knock me out. It dazed me a little. I jumped up and stood there as if he were dazed or fright frightened. Then I began to reason with him, to plead with him. And he said, quote, well then, go and wash the blood off of your face. Mm. At this point, she is really terrified that he is going to kill not only her, but her baby and finish the husband off if the husband's not already dead, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes to the bathroom and he follows behind her. Quote, so I went to the bathroom, he with me and dabbed some water on my face, but I told him I can't, it keeps bleeding. At that point, she starts to try to reason with him. She just was allowed permission to go to the bathroom, which means that maybe she can work on him a little bit and he'll go away. Mm -hmm. The first thing she's trying to do is build up some trust. And they're sitting there talking for an hour. She's not trying to anger this man or bring up anything that will get him to flip that switch again. Mm -hmm. At first, she thought he was mute because he didn't say a word. She offered money, promised never to tell police, offered to get cash from the bank, and place it where he could find it. For the most part, he stood mute, his eyes glistening back at her. Mm. They talked for an hour. Right. Yeah. They, they did. Hold on. But it was mostly a one-way conversation? She offers him money. I'll not tell the police. I'll actually put the money under the house in a space where you can find it. You can come back and get it. And then that'll be it. She makes a promise to him. And it seems like it's working. I don't remember that he said anything, she related, but I am confident that he intended to kill the baby, too. I got down on my knees and begged and pleaded with him not to kill Molly. After five or ten minutes, he agreed not to do anything with the child. She then has the thought that, hey, if if this is the real story, that, hey, I need to get out of this house. I need to get him out of this house because my baby's in here and I think he's going to want to kill the baby, 16-month-old 
old Molly. And if my husband's still alive, which probably not, he'll finish him off for sure. And then he'll kill me anyway. So to save the baby, at least, I need to see if I can get him outside. He's not going to want to let me go, but I think I can convince him to take a walk. In the house, she was there talking to this guy on the bed for one hour. Walking outside, it'll be two hours. So this guy shows up at 3 a.m., Detectives find her almost at 6 p.m. or mm-hmm. almost at almost at 6 a.m. Sometimes he would sit down as he as if he was thinking. She tried to reason with him. He just stood there most of the time. He seemed to be studying and thinking things out in his mind. I tried every way I could think of to get him to go. This is again Molly, the baby, and uh, Mrs. Stribling. So you you guys don't believe her story? No. What's why don't you believe her story? I just don't think that a random person would come in and attack the husband and then just leave people alive. Like, I just don't think that's... So I think that if she was not um, responsible herself then I think that she knew the person responsible. Maybe she was having an affair with this man and the man was trying to get rid of the husband. Mm -hmm. Um, But why would they not harm the child? Like she says she pleaded for the child's life, but if it's someone that's breaking into your house and just going to murder you for your money, like why are you going to leave them alive? Well, I didn't say she was robbed, number one. So you said murdered for money. Well, she was talking about money. She said that she told the person that they were going to, she was going to leave money for him. So the money clearly was some sort of motive. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. She offered money for him. I never said he robbed them. In fact, the couple didn't really have much money to begin with, but there was an expensive fountain pen and a, an expensive knife, like a wedding gift knife that was left on, on there. Plus, her pearls on her pearl necklace was all scattered on the floor. She did say he went through the husband's trousers, but there was no money in there. And you said, and she was injured, right? Her eye. Yeah. So, okay, let, so the I have a harder time thinking me like that. That's a lot of commitment. And if it was self-inflicted, this is her right here. Hmm. All right. Look, she says, oh, I feel fine today. That's her. I mean, she's pretty messed up. I just I I just still I'm going to stick with my guns and say that that it's not what it appears to be. It (sighs) maybe is not. Maybe she didn't do it. But like, it's just not what this initial story. I will tell you right now, this story is not what it appears to be. But you're going to find out what I'm talking about. And this is fucking, I don't know, nuts. Anyway, I just I I just think that she has some level of responsibility at some point, maybe not for directly for her own injuries, but either she was having an affair or she knew about the plan or something on this woman. Holy shit. I I just don't I just don't believe it. I'm sorry. I just don't. I just that's what my gut says today. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm not, I'm not. But that's what I think right now. The couple are newly married. Okay, let me tell you about him because he's a catch. Is he? Yeah. Okay. You know, and and for she's a former booty queen. For a woman in the twenties, you know, she and they have a a newborn baby. Okay. Like so, this new affair guy is going to take care of the baby. Well, maybe it's his. You going to play daddy? It it could be it could be his. Mister Stribling played football for the University of Nebraska. Football or like football? What do you think, Jen? In nineteen twenty eight, who the fuck is playing football? <laughs> what the fuck? Soccer is a very popular sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most popular sport in the world. Not over here. No one gives a shit about soccer over here. They didn't have here. the NFL in the 20s. They didn't have the NFL in the 20s. And I, I didn't say it was the NFL. I said the University of Nebraska. But I'm saying is that... <laughs> oh, 
regardless, go on. All right. Did they have American football at the time? Is what I'm asking. But he played. He's a football player. He played a sport at college. Okay, he's an athlete. <laughs> Whoop de doo. Let's go. Matthew cares about football. He would like you to know <laughs> about the which- other football. <laughs> yes. See, Jacob is confirming the NFL started in the 20s. Oh, oh. thank you, Jacob. See, I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> really? <laughs> Manchester United all the way. Okay. <laughs> That's 1920 to be exact. <laughs> oh my god. Go you put it on the list of things I'm wrong about. That list is probably as long as I am tall, so it's fine. Oh shit. All right. Let's just believe what Miss Stribling's saying at this point, okay? And she says that she was marched from Carter Lake Road south of Locust Street to Old Cobblestone Road. Hmm. They pass a lake and he turns. Now, now the whole time she's saying that he's grabbing her by the arm. She says actually that half the time is by the arm. The other time she's actually walking behind him. Hmm. She is saying it like literally this guy cannot decide what he, what he wants to do. Should I kill this woman or not? Hmm. Since she started pleading in the bedroom, it's like he's been thinking about it and he can't decide. Should he do it or should, you know, should he not? Mm. Like it's been on his mind. So half the time he's walking with her, holding her arm. The other time she's walking behind him, but he's still every once in a while turning to look and make sure she's there. It's just really weird. So they pass a lake and he turns to her and says, quote, I think I'll kill you now and throw you in the lake, end quote. Mm. I think I'll kill you now. <laughs> That's what he says. This is his. And she's just going to like be like, OK, go ahead. She starts pleading with him again. And is this is this when he's holding her or when he's behind her? Yeah, I don't know. Because like if he's behind her, why don't you just fucking run? Because she's wearing felt slippers and take he the is, slippers off, lady. And, and he it's well, the 20s. You're probably, not it's not like you're stupid. It just means that it's in run from uh, this guy like this. The mute. So if he is so he doesn't talk much, so he can't run fast. I'm so no, but like she, I mean, like I'm just saying that like she, she's a beauty queen, not a freaking track athlete. Adrenaline will get you going. <laughs> I had to run after my nephew this week because he, he has... ran away in a parking lot. It was the fastest I've ever run in years. I think probably ever in my life. You don't he think he ran across the the shopping plaza to run away because he was he's four and he thought it was a good time, and I am like sprinting to catch up to him to make sure he doesn't get hit by a car. Who my nephew? You. Oh, your nephew? You don't think he has adrenaline? To, it, dude, she had thought about running, but there's no way. Then jump into the lake. If he tries to catch you, then you jump oh into the lake. God. And this then when getting... he jumps into the lake after you, you jump out okay. of the lake. It's a game of tag. She starts pleading with him and he says, okay, whatever. They walk past the lake and right when they get to the state borderline, he turns around to her and tells her to go back home. Hmm. At the state border. Finally, he made me get up and accompany him. I was dressed only only in night clothing and bedroom slippers, but he forced me to walk three miles with him. Suddenly, he ordered me to go back home. I got a very good look at him and have no doubt that I can identify him. After we separated, I followed him several hundred yards, but finally lost trace of him. Then I saw an automobile approaching and hailed it. The car was being driven by Detective Edwards, who immediately notified police headquarters and escorted me back home, where we found Harold. How is anyone believing this woman's story like i'm sorry like that just no that doesn't happen like i'm sorry it doesn't add up but go on a little suspicious yeah. matt says it's easy to run from an imaginary guy <laughs> i agree matthew <laughs> 
I Good agree. Point. You think she like put her eye out for? I mean, we have seen people do strange, like Stranger Things, yes. to themselves. Yes, but I'm not. I need more information. I'm still. I'm, it's I'm like the end of Forrest Gump. I'm tired. Right, well, this wasn't supposed to be this like I don't know gumshoeish. But can, I'm tired. Can, I think I'll go home now. I turned and went a little ways, and then I thought I would follow him. I don't know why. Maybe I thought I could track him, but he turned and saw me and yelled at me. Then I walked away from him, and he went off. This doesn't make any sense. What? Why? He is literally giving you a free pass to life and you're going to follow this man? Like, I don't uh, know. Like, no, this is not real. None of this is real. This is all fake. <laughs> fake news. This is a simulation. Oh, my God, dude. You guys are driving me nuts. I know. No, I don't care. Like, this is just making me mad. This lady is lying. I wonder what this thing would be know, like. I don't know, Jen. You're going to have to stay tuned for part two. You remember You remember when I was going to do this podcast by myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tram even agrees that motherfucker is not Shram, real. you got him no. <laughs> what the fuck? the one that requested this case. All right. She's pleading with him. They get to the state line and he says, go home. So she turns a little ways and then follows him. But then the guy sees her and yells at her. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I told you to go home. Now go home, y'all. She go was home. She, I didn't kill you. Go home. She was never assaulted. Quote, he seemed more baffled at what to do than moved by lust, she said. Mm. All right. So he didn't assault her, she's saying. Is this before she got her eye chopped out? How, ma- how many people don't believe this is like a random person doing this? I don't think it's random, but I think it could still be a person. All right. An ex-detective hears this. He is an Omaha ex-detective. Detective. He knows that Mr. Stribling is probably going to die. He's in the hospital. Mrs. Stribling's in the hospital. She didn't lose her eye. She was fine. Shocker. Just a flesh wound. But this guy's name is Steve Maloney. And he is a former chief of detectives. He follows the case as soon as he hears about it on it that Tuesday, like right when it came out. And although he's retired, he decides to find out who this, quote, mad chopper is. Right. And he says the following. I thought I would find the man who committed the murders and assaults for the benefit of Omaha. I started on the case Tuesday and within 12 hours, I knew who the man was. When you want to find a bad man and if he is a black man. Why not go and talk to the other black men? They will be willing to tell you what they know. It was through this method that I found out who the tough ones and rounders were. After I was told who the rounders were, how much money they were either spending or gambling, I came to the conclusion that I had the man I wanted. So he finds out who did this. What I didn't tell you before, because I just thought it was funny you guys were just going on this freaking crazy ass path, is... They told Mrs. Stribling, you are extremely lucky. You are actually the fourth person in the last 48 hours who has been attacked. And yes, this is a real person and it is a a hatchet attacker. And you just so happen to be the only one left standing. (laughs) Jen looks so pissed. (laughs) Look at your face. You're like mad. You are like mad. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Why? Because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
What shocked I'm mad. Why does it make sense? We've been doing this for so damn long. I have done so many cases where a killer is in a lust rage or whatever and he gets talked out of it. They're in a they're in a spell. Like Ted Bundy, I know this sounds fucked up, but he could not help what he was doing. He was in another mindset. If you disarm him in his mental state and he gets out of that mindset, he no longer wants to rape and murder you. Does that make sense? This happens all the time. So she just hit the right buttons and was the only survivor. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. The MO was the same for all four victims so far. So the other four victims identified a black man who also... No, the other victims were, are dead, Jen. So all right, for I'm instance, still not convinced that it's not her. For for instance, a Joseph Blackman, 75 years old, at 4121 North 28th Street. He was a transfer man. His son Cecil finds him slain in the bed. There were no real clues to the murder, but they grilled Cecil for... I saw five and a half hours they grilled the son because they thought the son did it. Okay. The the man, the 75-year-old is dead. The father's desk was ransacked, $150 missing. Cecil said that he lifted a thick comforter on the father's bed and found his father still breathing but dying. He died en route to hospital. In the other room, a nine-year-old granddaughter was there completely unaware that her grandpappy was dying. Okay. The back door and back gate were open when he arrived. Okay, who's the next victim? <laughs> what the fuck? What do you think? I'm making this shit up, dude? I'm just not convinced. Holy shit. Well, the next two victims were two sisters, and they were both dead. And the same M.O. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck it Sram, so let me tell you, when you requested the story, this was, I'm just going to break it for you, Jen. This is a real story. Yes, it is a black man that is a mad chopper. Okay. So but this, this but way- I, that's not the shocking part. I'm get, getting to that in a minute. This really happened. Okay. All right. When Shram requested this story, the guy who we're talking about tonight, the serial killer, his name is Jake Bird. Okay. Okay. Not much about him. The reason I'm doing this story ultimately is because if anyone's like, why is he not doing my stories? Like, how do I get him to do my story? All you got to say is a couple words, three words. Please do my story. Four words, five words. (laughs) And those words are. No one's ever covered this. No. Morbid hasn't done this yet. (laughs) Morbid hasn't done this yet. I mean, as soon as as soon as I saw that, I'm like, fuck, dropping everything. This is my life. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so close to peeing my pants with laughter. Oh my god! Go pee. Well, go no, pee. I'm fine. I don't think so. Tramps is actually nobody has covered this. Hey, even better. <laughs> You have to send me clips so I can post it to our TikTok that I haven't posted in forever. Well, Stram, when you, well, anyway, what I was saying, Stram, when you submitted this story, you don't know this part. Go look at the Wikipedia right now and tell me if you see any of what I just told you in the Wikipedia or the murder, murderpedia or whatever it's called or any websites whatsoever does not mention these murders at all. The Wikipedia for this serial killer does not even mention these murders. Hmm. Okay. That's not the shocking part. Okay. Okay. All right. And I don't know what spoilers you're talking about, but this dude, I was shaking in my effing boots when I started doing this. Like his ghost is going to come haunt you? Just listen. I'm listening. This man, Jake Bird, is also known by many as the Hex Killer. Ooh. Did he put hexes on people? I don't know, Jen. (laughs) 
saying. We left off with this detective. He solves the case. He solves the case. He finds this guy. His name is Jake Burt. All right. Mr. Stribling actually pulled through. So he can cooperate. No, my wife didn't pay anyone to kill me. This is him right here. Oh, he survived. He wow. survived. Yeah. Wow. So they're actually the two out of the four here, the only survivors. Now, he doesn't remember anything, but she does. Okay. And she definitely, without a doubt, knows what this guy looked like. They've been talking for an hour. Yeah. Okay. For one hour, they talked. So this detective finds this guy. His name is Jake Bird. Mm. And as soon as he's presented in a lineup in front of Miss Stryber, she says, quote, that's him as sure as there is a God in heaven. All right. So he's so we're done with the story. I'm sure we're not. Right? We're, we're completely done. I, I will say the detective, which is kind of a noble thing, there was a reward money. Mm. It's like a thousand bucks or 2,500 or something like mm-hmm. that. And That's a lot of money for the 20s. So he did claim it because he solved the case. Can a police officer claim that? And, well, he's an ex-police officer, but he did claim it, but he gave it all to the striblings, ah. which I felt okay, was, okay. Felt was pretty noble. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway. I'm just like, I don't know. I what? guess I'm disappointed. <laughs> what? Why, Jen? Because I was so sure that this person was like did not I know, exist. Which I which I the purposely exist. because you were so sure, I purposely omitted the information that there had been, you know, four other murders or whatever. <laughs> Cause I just wanted you to keep going. <laughs> It worked. You know what? Oh, Good job. You know what? You are a master storyteller. <laughs> I'm not even being an asshole right now. Like you just, you just have a way of, of pissing tell- you off. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say. But like you have a way of like telling stories that will make the listener believe one thing. Well, so you're just very good with how you represent things. And I, I appreciate that. And that's why I am still here. It's six plus years later. Thank you. That means a lot. And I don't know if that re- really meaning of that, but no, I do. And the reason I do that is because I want y'all to hit that middle part where there's an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, let's get on with this. So, story's over. Mrs. Stribling, I, as, as... Literally not. There's I'm, a whole part two. I'm yeah. as sure I'm as sure as there's a God in heaven that this is the man. Lock him up, throw away the key, whatever. Let's move on to the next story. However, while this guy is in prison, awaiting to get sentenced, a letter comes in. Oh. A... A love letter? A strange letter. A very strange letter. Okay. From a guy named John Jones. Who is John Jones? I probably should stop it right here. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that shit. This strange letter from John Jones says the following. The headline says, do you want to earn a nickel? And then the contents of the letter says, dear sir, in regards to the man you have under arrest on charges of killing Mrs. Walter Russo, who was the two sisters, the two sisters, mm-hmm. Mrs. Walter Russo and Greta Brown. They were two sisters mm-hmm. before you prosecute an innocent party. And that's all it says. That's it. That's all it says. And this letter is weird. OK. And right well, yeah, if that's all the letter says, then dang, that is weird. Well, the letter goes to two newsmen, newsboys as they call them, and they deliver it straight to the chief of police. Right now you have Jake Bird mm-hmm. in prison. Okay. And this is this is uh Jake Bird right here. 
You see this guy right here, Jake Bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of matches the description. Let me show you a better. Uh, let me show you a better photo of him. Well, can I ask a question? She used the word mulatto, correct? This is. So J- isn't that a mixed? A mi- that that's the definition of a mixed between like Hispanic and African American. Here's the detective. Know. No, I'm telling you, that's it, what it means. It, she used the word mulatto. Yeah. She did, but the newspapers did not. That man is not a mulatto. She specifically used the word mulatto. This is the detective that found him and this is jake bird on the left okay. or on the right she specifically used the word mulatto why does that does that matter yes it does because if you're trying to identify someone it usually usually someone who is mulatto is lighter skinned jake bird on that picture can you go back to that picture please he's a dark spin dark skinned individual not again well, i know i got in trouble for stereotypes earlier in this didn't she broadcast. identify him like in a lineup she says you are the man cries miss stribling identifying yeah, she bird. identified him well that and then she misused the term mulatto because mulatto you really hate this woman holy shit no i'm just telling you what the word means i'm sorry i remember something from my 12th grade sociology class you're forgiven thank you Ooh, interesting uh he promised her the reward money if she identified him oh thank you joanne thank you joanne joanne says it's a mix of white and black not mixed sorry all right regardless that man does not look like he's mixed so somebody sent a letter from john jones the letter came from tacoma washington what that's weird tacoma washington yeah that's not near nebraska how how would jake burn how would jake bird sham sham did you see all this this is gonna blow your effing blowed all over (laughs) i'm curious how shram heard about this story to request it Mm. actually this letter comes from tacoma washington it arrives days after mr bird is in jail at the same time as it arrives, uh, albeit a day later, a man walks into the police station in Tacoma, Washington. And no, I did not find any papers, newspapers about this murder anywhere in Washington, but that doesn't mean they're not there. They just weren't scanned and documented. This man in Spokane, Washington, an Elmer Williams 24, goes in and confesses to police. So now there's a conundrum. Which man is it? Is one of these men the axe fiend? So Elmer Williams is on our right? Yeah, he's on the right. Elmer Williams on the right told Spokane police he was the murderer of Mrs. Race Riso and Credo Brown and also Joseph Blackman. I didn't go into those murders. I wanted to start with the the former beauty queen, obviously. <laughs> Walking clad in her nightgown. You guys understand that? Yeah, of course. Understood. The bottom of this is interesting, too. Right under his photo here, you see it says... He is an escaped inmate of a Nebraska asylum. Oh, okay. Okay, this is weird. This is getting fucking weird. Number mm-hmm. one, how did he know about this? Number two, why is he confessing? And he's so he's an escaped inmate of the asylum in, in Nebraska. And, and why? And he was. He, and why is he in Tacoma, Washington? And why right. would the other lady say, "Yeah, that's him" to the to a guy that didn't do it? I'm not saying it's not him. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying. I'm not saying anything anymore because. I'm just wrong about everything. All I'm saying is this. You are the man. Who? Cries Mrs. Stribling, identifying Bird. As sure as there is a God in heaven, you are the man. However, this this guy 
He's awfully specific in a lot of things. This is really, oh, this is not good. Mm. Okay, this guy, I don't know where this guy comes from. This Elmer Williams, 24, Spokane, Washington, confessing to police. He's giving a description of the scene. He describes the scene, although he couldn't give a house number. He said he threw the hatchet into the ravine south of the house. Those are pretty good details. Yeah. Did they find the hatchet? No, they couldn't find it in there. Mm. Huh? Mm-hmm. He said he took a train to Denver and then to Spokane. He was staying in the Salvation Army lodging house. Basically, here's what happened. He escaped the Nebraska asylum. He took a train to Spokane and the train ticket showed that he was in Nebraska for the entire murders. Four days. And then he went to Spokane. Mm. Right. He's also, quote, considered harmless. He's been locked up for two years in the insane asylum. But, you know, he escapes not the first time. And, you know, it's he's not just, the first time he's escaped. He's feeble minded. They regarded him and this hospital is Ingleside. The hospital Ingleside regarded him as, quote, just a big boy. I feel like that's what they would put on me. <laughs> Detectives, however, shoo away this. This guy, whatever, man, he had to read about it. You know, he was in Nebraska. OK, yeah, there's no papers in Spokane covering this, but he was in in Nebraska, he saw the papers. He's lying. Either that or he's suffering from hallucinations. Either that or he just wants a free ride back to Omaha. He doesn't care. He's going to end up in the psych ward anyway. He's lying. He was a little unhinged. Every time he escapes, he writes letters to his doctor, a Dr. Babcock, saying that he misses the hospital and will soon return. And he usually does, but then he escapes again. He says, I did all this. I I was, quote, under a spell and I was having quote fits it was during one of his spells williams told spokane police police that he killed the two women he was not aware of his actions he said and he went home upstairs where he made away with one woman then he said he realized what he had done and started downstairs on the way he met another woman the spell struck him again and he slew her he escaped from the house and he threw his hatchet away at the time jake bird is arrested miss dribling is pointing at him in court you admit it admit what you did i don't know what you're talking about lady as sure as there is a god in heaven you are the man jake i kept my word with you jake i did not tell the detectives she didn't right she didn't go even though she did you know but so he says i don't know what you're talking about now the next episode we're gonna figure out who did it who did this and the reason this is so important is because mr bird and this is what no one talks about or no one has ever mentioned. He is called the Hex Killer. I mean, people mention that, but the reason why he's called the Hex Killer is because he is now, fast forward a little bit, on death row, still saying, I didn't do this. And you know what? You know what? I'm sick of this. I am sick of this. You want to kill me for something I didn't do? Quote, I'm putting the Jake Bird Hex on all of you who had anything to do with my being punished. Mark my words, you will die before I do. Wow. Wow. Judge Edward D. Hodge was the first of many. Who died? A heart attack. (gasps) Go look at the, let me show you the Wikipedia. I don't use Wikipedia, but I wanted to see what they said. You see it right here. Jake Bird was an American serial killer. 
he is a serial killer. According to Wikipedia. But I think he's completely innocent. For now, I have not done the entire story. But the Hex thing is pretty fucking damning, too. <laughs> wow. Because there will be a lot more people that die in the next episode. Oof. So as of right now, so I can throw out my bias for right now. Now, I'm not saying that I won't change my mind. I have not done the rest of the story. I focused all my attention on this one part. Mm -hmm. But moving forward for the next episode, where I'm at right now is he's innocent. And that's why he put the hex. And actually, the fucking hex is working because it's going to work real well. Can I ask a question, though? Even if he's so if he's innocent of the crimes that he's been accused of, but he puts the hex on people like how does that still prove? make him a serial killer if how he, can people prove no, that it was if he, but but if he hexes people and they die of the hex does that oh, still make him a serial killer that's kind of funny um i'm gonna say mo- no no he all he said was quote i'm putting the jake bird hex on all of you who had anything to do with my being punished mark my words you will die before i do and then he shuts up he says nothing else and then you start seeing people die Run this shit.